The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this 30th day of October 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today for all the best or for all your sport tickets. Get yourself 20 bucks off your first purchase there at SeatGeek. Uh, remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all the great articles and other podcasts. Subscribe to the occasion. The corner booth, no credentials required. Uh, Crap Root Sports and on. Captain Luke extravagant and they go on and on and on there at uh at bellyupsports.com and thank you very much for be- making us a part of your day each and every day from all of us here at 1420 world headquarters anyway uh we always rave about it on mondays how it's great to be a sports fan this time of year lots going on obviously in the world of sports you have college football's really ramping up the nfl is at that crapper get off the pot stage in their season hockey's going uh, the world series is on and on it goes it's just a great uh, time a uh, year to be a sports fan uh we'll start with the uh the world series like i talked about on saturday morning on the 14 20 in the morning uh, how great that game was on Friday night, World Series game for the ages, extra innings, the whole bit, home runs and bunts. Now on and on it went. Game two was a little le- less lackluster, a little less suspenseful, but it's a great game until the seventh inning. And the final score was nine one. I think the, how it all all turned out. Uh, shellacking when it was all said and done, but it was only two one in the sixth inning. So it was a great game. Uh, Jordan Montgomery kind of got the short end of the stick in that that ball game for the Rangers, but he pitched a very good game. He's going to get himself a, a great big huge contract. There's a bit of a kick in the nuts for O'Brien Cashman once again of the. New York Yankees, but it's one of those things that you, you can't look back on and, and, and regret and everything else because you don't know how it would have turned out with the Yankees, everything else with Montgomery, but he's turning out to put himself together a pretty good contract year, postseason kind of going there tonight or in this uh, postseason for the Texas Rangers. But that uh, Arizona Diamondbacks team, they just don't they don't want to go away. They're doing everything right. They're doing, they're hitting the ball well. They're, they're, they're running the bases quite well. There was a little situation that kind of made me laugh in this. It was the sixth inning uh, on uh, on Saturday night when I was watching the game, making some food and everything else was going on. And geez, uh, like Tommy Pham got picked off at second base there. And I, I yelled out, how the hell do you get picked off in the World Series at second in that situation? And I, as soon as I yelled it out loud, a friend of the show, Moose Hildebrand, he uh, he texted me the exact, pretty much word for word what I just said. And he, I kind of got a laugh out of that the whole, when, when, when he said that uh, Rangers pitching coach, Mike Maddox, he had basically the same type of wording on, on that. But he had a, a few more expletives in uh, what he said compared to what me and Moose said. But it was funny how uh, a couple of baseball, old baseball dorks like me and me and old Moosey, we were uh, thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time and we said the exact same thing and I'm sure baseball fans right across the country were thinking the same thing that's one of those World Series like that uh, we talked about a lot on Friday and a little bit on Saturday as well that you know just because you're not a, a, a big fan of the two teams you can still go out and watch these games because they've been entertaining games to say the least and it's been it's been really good baseball it's like it's one of those things if you're a baseball fan you can sit back and watch it without having a, a horse in the race a dog in the fight 
and just enjoy the way the game is being played and the strategy that's going on and everything else. It's been a lot of fun to watch this game. Uh, Merrill Kelly was fantastic on on Saturday night. Uh, seven masterful innings. I, and I don't throw that term masterful around very often, but he was he was flat out masterful. Uh, three hits, nine strikeouts. He was great. He probably could have went a, a little bit further, but you know why? Why uh, screw with a good thing when they're, they're, their bullpen's been lights out and they have it going on there in, in Phoenix uh, with, with the Diamondbacks. And they get going again tonight back in the desert. Uh, should be another good one. That uh, that pitching uh, matchup tonight is, is going to be quite quite interesting. Rookie phenom Brandon Pratt of the uh, Diamondbacks going up against the old the old wily vet in Max Scherzer. Um, is this the, the 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 start that that they're paying for? Is this the start that the Mets are actually paying for to get rid of Scherzer because Scherzer wanted out with that Mets disaster they had going on that people talked about at length throughout the uh, August and the dog days of August and how they got out of there and the trade deadline and everything else. But Scherzer is going to have an opportunity tonight to get his team back on track to go out and get. Uh, Pitch a few strong innings, have one of those uh, those marquee starts, I guess you could say, where it's going. This is why we got you. This is what what we're paying you to do. This is why you've been making the big bucks for all all those years in your career. And this is kind of going to be one of those statement games for a guy like Max Scherzer because he's coming down to the uh, the twilight of his career. I don't think he's on the back nine. He's he's at the fifteenth hole of his career, I would think, and uh, he can have a start tonight that would put him in uh, legendary status. Not that all the Cy Youngs or anything else doesn't have him. The, the all the zeros behind his bank account doesn't hurt either. But this is one of those those starts that could get the Texas Rangers one game closer to a World Series. But that uh, that Pratt kid is something else. He's a phenom, and nothing seems to be bothering him. Rookie kid coming out. It's it's going to be interesting to see how how this turns out tonight. If I was a betting man, and I wouldn't put too much uh, too much stock in my in the, the bets that I do make because I usually don't do too well on them. There's a few few days I do pretty well with Brent's best bets, but there's other ones I I don't do too well. Like I, I predicted the uh, two uh, LCS to turn out completely the other way. But this game tonight, I want I, I think I, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks winning this one. Scherzer hasn't been great, and this fat, uh, this this uh, this fat kid with a lot of vowels or too, too many vowels, too many uh, too many vowels and letters for for the word fat. But it's one of those things. This fat kid's been unbelievable. Nothing seems to phase him. And Scherzer has not been good. I, I think the Diamondbacks are going to win this game tonight and take a 2-1 lead in this series. It's a best of five now. Best three out of five wins this thing now. Uh, it's the way baseball should be. I'm, I'm glad that, that uh, Arizona won that game tonight because that means we get more baseball no matter what. We're guaranteed one more game than we would have with a sweep, right? So it's just one of those things. That's how the old mathematics works. But I, I suspect that the Arizona Diamondbacks win this game tonight. They'll tidy things up on the bases. You won't get, you won't get picked off at second base again. I don't think. I think there's probably a, a few, a few, uh, a stern finger wagging for for Tommy Pham the other night after he got to the dugout the way that turned out. But this team's been running the bases very, very well all season long, and I suspect the Diamondbacks will steal some base tonight. Get that home crowd, get that home cooking going, a little home crowd going uh, there in Arizona. Place be packed. It'll be loud, just as loud as it was down in Texas. Uh, it should be a great game. Six o'clock tonight. Check your local listings. One of those things. But it should be interesting to see how this one turns out. But the Arizona Diamondbacks are surprising a lot of people because they don't get a lot of coverage throughout the season, right? So it's one of those things that go, holy Christ, who's this guy and who's that guy? And it's a great time of year to be a baseball fan, too. And turn off Monday Night Football. Who cares about that? I don't know who's playing. doesn't matter to me. Turn on the turn on the World Series. It doesn't happen very often, obviously. So you get to, get, you get to watch this game. It'll be the last Monday Night Baseball game of the season. I think the way it's all going, all going to turn out. But uh, I expect it to be a great one tonight. I still I still like Texas to win this this series in six, but I think tonight the Arizona Diamondbacks pull this one off. I don't have much faith in Scherzer against this fat kid. So it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch how this all goes. Uh, on Saturday, I was 
we're making some food. We were barbecuing for the uh, we for the uh, Southern Alberta Umpire Association. We had our year-end uh, uh, barbecue wrap-up, general meeting, the whole bit. And we were barbecuing food, food and smoking and cutting and all the all the stuff. Uh, put the USC game on. I know USC is uh, is not a relevant team this year. They've already got the two losses too. They got the one to Utah and then the other one to Notre Dame. So they're they're out of any kind of contention for anything. They'll put themselves into some kind of Tostitos Bowl dot com or whatever dot com bowl, but it was uh, it was an interesting game. Yeah, beating Cal isn't really uh, by by one point isn't really something to brag about. But there wasn't so much the uh, the game itself that I uh, was taking more of a note of when I was listening to Pete Arbogast uh, broadcast the game. Return that's great if you ever get the chance to listen to Pete. I know even if you're not a uh, uh, USC fan, if you're a college football fan, make sure you listen. Give, give the uh, Pete Arbogast. He's been around there for a long, long time at USC. The USC one fifty to forty nine, but. Uh, the thing that got me was Arbogast was talking about how many years that the USC has been going there and he doesn't know when they're going to get back there to play, but they've been playing every year. And it's remarkable. I did a little research on it uh, for 112 years. Now they, the USC and uh, Cal have been playing each other. Holman, they won every year. They alternate where it goes. And for 112 years, they've been doing this. And it's uh, remarkable to think that, that, that they might not play again for another few years. Cause it's going to be one of those games that probably gets, gets put to the wayside because now USC is going to the, the, uh, the Big Ten, and uh, that was one of the first things I thought about when USC decided to, to, to go to the Big Ten, leave the Pac-12 after their long relationship and money, and we all know what, what's going on there behind the scenes. We won't get into that a whole bunch, but it was uh, it was one of the things that really kind of uh, got to my heart a little bit. The traditions of, of college football and college sports in general are going to go to the wayside because of greed and everything else, and how people can't just figure it out to, to keep the traditions going, and that's the best thing about college sports and college football uh, more specifically, is that there, there's these teams that play each other forever, and there's families that have been uh, there's people that have met at these games and got married. There's people that have uh, made lifelong relationships and, and go go and meet each other these games. There's people that go, that go from down from Berkeley down to L.A. and vice versa, year in year out to watch these games. And they have their traditions and they do they do it. And these now that this 112 year relationship between Cal and USC is probably uh, gone now because there's only so many uh, out of, out of conference games you can play. And I don't think that this will, this will be one of them because the, the USC Notre Dame game is a guaranteed one, and then you. USC is going to have a, some powder puff game to start the season, and Cal won't be the, the game that they'll have in there. I could be wrong, but this isn't the only one that's going to be going the wayside in college sports. It's it's really tough to to watch, especially in this part of the world where. You know, the Pac-12 doesn't get, uh, like over out, out east, the Pac-12 doesn't get a whole bunch of press because the Big the Big Ten and and the and the SEC are obviously the, uh, the huge ones. But out here, the, the Pac-12 gets a, a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs on it. And now you have a lot of people who aren't going to be able to get these long-standing traditional uh, matchups anymore because of the way it all turned out. And it was just a sad thing to, to say. And Arbor has been around, like I said, he's been around for so long. And he was what, like, you could kind of uh, sense the... Um, the emotion in his voice a little bit more when they were signing off for the last time from Berkeley. It was, it was, uh, it's sad to see these things go to the wayside because of corporate greed and everything else. And I, I get it. I mean, who's not going to take more money? That's just what we all do. We all want more money. There's no getting around that, whatever you do in this world. And it's just too bad that a, uh, an institution like USC couldn't figure this out. It's too bad that UCLA couldn't figure it out, Oregon and everybody else. There are some powerhouse teams out here that couldn't get a, a network deal done uh, and just have it uh, stronger and couldn't have got something to get done with the Big Ten where they could have kept the Pac-12 and have the, the Big Ten Pacific, the Big Ten West, or like we discussed in the past. But it, it was it was tough to listen to Pete to, to – uh, 
kind of grasp of the traditions that are, that are leaving college football. And you wonder, like, it's just too, like, you wonder what was going through his head, like how many different games he's been to over the years at Berkeley. And he's not going to be able to get to have that opportunity for, for uh, quite some time. Like, it's just, it was a, it was a crappy thing to say, but it's just, uh, it's too bad that that has to happen. Uh, and then yesterday, of course, we had the, uh, the old heritage classic, the Calgary flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the battle of Alberta, one team went in one, five and one, the Oilers, the other went in at uh, two, six, two, six and one or two, five and one with the flames. One of the teams had to win awful starts to both seasons. There's no getting around that. Both teams have been absolutely awful. Yeah, McDavid was out for for a few games with his uh, oblique or a hip or whatever it was. It doesn't much matter. But the uh, one of the teams had to win, and the Edmonton Oilers came out, and they won on home ice. The Heritage Classic is a made-for-TV event. It's for the fans. The fans love it. Um, the hockey's not – it's getting better. Like, every Heritage Classic is getting better. They have figured out the ice conditions and the technology and everything else a lot better than it was 20 years ago and when the, the freezing cold conditions. But uh, it was a better hockey game yesterday of course the Oilers ended up winning that game because that Flames team is absolutely terrible they have nothing going on for them they've only scored more than two goals twice in, uh, this season they've lost six in a row now uh, the two times that they have scored more than two goals they've won both those games so goal scoring is at a premium in Calgary and it's not a good thing for the Flames and it's a bad bad look for that organization the way that they uh, they got rid of um they got rid of Daryl Sutter last year. Maybe it wasn't his fault. Yeah, his old school way of coaching is, uh, isn't good. Kadri's not a very good hockey player anymore, and Huberto's non-existent. He's been around the Flames, I think, for 87 games now, so his sample size is, is quite large, and now they, they've got nothing out of Huberto, basically, at all. Like I didn't even notice him on the ice last night. Uh, I thought it was kind of embarrassing to think this guy's making 10, 10, uh, 10.5 million bucks for the next seven years, uh, eight including this one, and they're stuck with that one. Like, when do you start to just cut your ties with this and say, you know what, this isn't going to work. Like, you got to start doing something something maybe maybe bench the guy or something but you don't want to have 10 million bucks sitting on the bench so you just wonder what the flames are going to do that team's awful that team's got nothing going for him uh, goalie was better last night markstrom he was a lot better last night he, he kept them in the game uh 5-2 win uh surprise mcdavid played considering he was a uh, colder temperatures out there in edmonton it wasn't horribly cold but it was cold enough where you think you know, maybe sit him out but it's a marquee game for the for the fans and having the best player in the in the game today uh, on the ice which will be very important not only to him but for the league and you wonder if they kind of said hey can you can you figure out a way to play it was that uh, no it's a fun hockey game to watch it's always a good thing Nickelback was great I don't know I don't know how you can't like Nickelback it's one of those things that I don't know why people hate him because they sing the same thing over and over well, that, that's how success works right if you like if it ain't broke don't fix it so anyways that's my that's my take on Nickelback but no the Flames got to do something that team that uh, you know current Leafs GM Brad Trilliving put together now he's in Toronto he hasn't really been able to screw with that team very much and they're playing good hockey there they got the goal to that, that Joseph Walls playing some great goal for them right now but the uh, the the Flames are in trouble. That team's going nowhere fast. They got nothing going for them. They got nobody's going to score any goals. They they should have kept Toffoli last year. He was going to leave no matter what. But he was the only guy who got over thirty goals. I think last year for that team. They are they aren't going to do it. Like kadri has been uh, he's piping off last night to uh, Evander Kane. And Kane Kane's just beat that guy up in my opinion. But whatever. Kane was uh, Kane was feisty last night. He had a, a very good hockey game. He's kind of getting back to his uh, his self after kind of getting benched a little bit, not playing a whole bunch. And his comments in hockey in Canada over a week and a half ago. That said, maybe you know if I should just go go you know fight or not playing anyway, so I might as well do something. But he he was a lot better last night playing his kind of a game. And I think this might be a bit of a uh, a turning point in the Oilers season, kind of boost what they're supposed to do. I don't think they're as bad as, as they've shown. Uh, you never know what could happen. though it's a long season, but it can get over quick. Just ask the San Jose Sharks. Man, the good Flames are lucky the Sharks are, are in that division because otherwise they'd be in last place. I think San Jose's 0-8-1 or something, or 8-0-8-2 on the season. They haven't won, uh, I think they ended the season last year on a, a nine-game losing streak as well. So, um 
there's teams that are already dropping out of the hunt. There's some teams that are, that are running away with things. And it should be interesting to uh, go to the, uh, the National Hockey League season. Uh, interesting one that I was going to watch tonight is uh, Howard Havard. I won't watch a whole bunch of it. Is the uh, Rangers and uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to touch on that probably tomorrow. The Winnipeg Jets situation. Uh, no fans going to the games. Nobody, uh, nobody showing up. Not a corporate town. Getting less than twelve thousand at some games on a Saturday night. It's not uh, not very good for the the pocketbook of the owners. Yeah, they'll do what they can to keep uh, keep there, but you know what? Uh, money talks, and if the uh, if those Winnipeg owners get a get a bit of a uh, uh, reach out from from somebody with some deep pockets, like Houston's been looking to get a team for a long time, you can see the Winnipeg Jets leaving that city uh, sooner rather than later. It'd be it be, be very sad for that 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 uh, city for the great fan bases there. But the big thing is is you, you don't win. You had a team that was uh, in contention for a long time with Blake, Blake Wheeler, with Connor Hellebuck, and and the like, and and and. Uh, uh, I can't, I can't think of his name, Chef Shifley. Uh, you wonder why they didn't get it done, but they just didn't get it done. And now the fans are showing, you know what? When, when you get better and you start winning, we'll, we'll start coming. Tick, tick, tickets are expensive. The price of going anywhere is expensive. If you don't win, you, you don't want to uh, you don't want to shell out that big bucks. Entertainment dollars get stretched pretty thin uh, no matter where you are in the world. I don't care if you're a college football guy or a baseball guy or whatever. It, it's expensive to go to games. And, if, and fans want to to get banged for their buck because you only get to go to one game a year maybe or four games a year, whatever it might be. And uh, if your team's not winning, why would you go out and spend money? Nobody wants to spend money to see their team lose. Uh, and that's one thing that, that – uh, Winnipeg Jets fans and and that's hockey fans in general more so in Canada than than in than in the states where it's more of an event whereas uh, hockey fans in Canada they go they go to see their teams win a little bit more not a whole bunch more but I think you guys understand what I'm saying about the hockey crazed nation because baseball teams compared to baseball teams down in the states they have empty buildings right across the the country in the United States when their teams are losing so it's it's the same kind of deal that I'm getting at there and the same thing with the with the CFL and on and on on that goes but that Winnipeg team I'll I'll talk more about that tomorrow on 14:20 in the morning and we'll We'll get going. Uh, remember that that the opening song on the countdown thing. That uh, if you're watching on YouTube. That's Jimmy Valentine, my nephew, Jim, Jimmy Schworn, James, a uh, boy genius. He's our sound guy, our producer of the 1420 podcast that me and Dave do. Uh, that's his new song, Save You. It's on Spotify, so make sure you give that a listen. It's a banger. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I know I, I might be a little bit biased, but I think that song is really, really good. And he's got some pretty good reviews so far. A lot of downloads. So help support Jimmy on his venture to becoming uh, Canada's next Chad Kruger, Nickelback, or whatever, or Avril Lavigne. I don't know, whatever. Whatever you want to do, Jimmy, it'd be a lot of fun. But no, that's uh, that's weekend sports. Lots going on. Like I said, the World Series, NFL had some upsets yesterday. I didn't see uh, Dave's Broncos beating the uh, Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. I'm sure we'll talk about that on tonight's 1420 uh, Week 8 NFL in review. Uh, we always have a good time talking that. We do it in our own special way. We, we get that uh, we get that out there and get people laughing and everything else. We have our uh, our our list that we, I'm not going to say what the list is called. We have our list. We have our frauds and surprises and and uh, we have a Super Bowl pick for the week now. But I, we, that's changed a, a lot in the last in the last seven days. So it should be a lot of I'm recording with Dave tonight. But anyways, here's a little word from our friends over at SeatGeek. The foul baller. If there's a ball that's gone foul, he's gone to get it. Under his watchful gaze, all bevs, binoculars, and ballpark brats are safe. He's the only thing that stands between his section and certain destruction. That's why he only trusts SeatGeek with his tickets. The ticketing app trusted by fans. SeatGeek, so fans can fan. 
Once again, thanks to our friends over at SeatGeek. Uh, use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app today. And uh, yeah, save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. We, uh, we appreciate everybody who uses that or who has used that in the past. We're trying to get it worked out so you can use it more often because it's just a one-time deal. So we're, we're working on stuff here at World Headquarters. It's not just all rainbows and unicorns. A lot of work goes behind this whole thing here at uh, 1420 World Headquarters. Anyway, let's get to uh, on this days and some birthdays and get you guys out of here. On this day in 2013, the Boston Red Sox beat the St. Louis Cardinals 6-1 in Game 6 of the World Series in front of 38,447 fans at Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts to win the World Series four games to two, their third World Series championship in 10 years. Shane Victorino led the way for the Red Sox, going two for three to plate with four RBIs, including a bases-loaded clearing uh, double in the third inning off of card starter Michael Waka. That was more than enough for the Red Sox starter. John Lackey went six and two-thirds, scattering nine hits giving up one run, and Koji Uihara finished it off in the ninth by striking out Matt Carpenter to send the Fenway faithful into a frenzy. Dave, big Happy Ortiz was named the MVP of the series where he hit a whopping 688, scored seven runs, had 11 hits, two doubles, two home runs, six RBIs, and uh, he walked eight times. Unbelievable performance by Big Pappy in that World Series. Uh, just clutched throughout the Red Sox uh, years over the over years. Say what you want about him, but there it is. On this day, the Red Sox, there's Uahari uh, striking out the last bat of Matt Carpenter to win the World Series back in 2013. Man, that team, you know, you say what you want as a Yankee fan and everything else now that the rivalry's gone, but uh, watch those Red Sox win the World Series, it was still uh, touching, I guess, a little bit. Like I, the 2004 one kind of stunk because the way they, they came back from 3 nothing. But you you kind of get get beyond all that. And the baseball and the fans, when when you when a, when a fan base waits so long, they win some World Series and how the, the fans really enjoy it. And it's, it's a it's a very good baseball to win a championship. It's, just, it's, it's a little bit different for me. Hockey, because the long series, not just one game, but like winning a long series and uh, and getting it done that way. There's always just something that kind of tugs at the old heartstrings a little bit uh, for, for an old sports fan like myself and anyways happy 30th birthday to philadelphia eagles backup quarterback marcus mariotta born on this day in honolulu hawaii in 1993 mariotta was a relative unknown going into his senior year of high school until he led his st louis school team to an 11-1 record in a state title and was then offered a scholarship to attend the university of oregon after redshirting his first year with the ducks mariotta's rise to stardom began where the ducks went 12-1 and mariotta was named pac-12 all-conference first team 2014 was mariotta's best season with the ducks as he won in individual trophies, pretty much imaginable, every one of them in college football, including the Heisman Trophy, to become the first Hawaiian-born athlete to win the Covenant Award. Mariota was then drafted second overall by the Tennessee Titans in the 2015 NFL Draft, where he spent the first five years of his pro career. Happy birthday to Marcus Mariota, born on this day, 1993. I remember how good those Ducks teams were. I mean, they're still great, but those Ducks teams were just fantastic back then. And uh, Mariota was such a good player. And I'm a USC guy, obviously, but uh, the, the beating those Ducks teams would just lay on everybody. With it. it was a track meet. Like, it was unbelievable, those those teams, how good they were. And Mariota was the, the, uh, the driving force behind those teams back then. So it was a happy birthday to Marcus Mariota and getting the Heisman. And you wonder who's going to win the Heisman this year. It's uh, kind of up for grabs. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll have a, a Heisman countdown on Friday or something here at 1420 in the morning. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the show today. If you listened uh, on the podcast form, make sure you go and, and watch up on YouTube to see the videos we put up there. Uh, remember to go to the, uh, the 1420 Sports Bar. 
Com. I could check out our great articles. Radlinski's ramblings are on there. I put them up once a week, just random thoughts and, and shots that come out of my brain. Uh, uh, I think I do it on Wednesdays or Thursdays, but a lot, a lot of articles we're getting up there. Got some more writers joining on. Things happening. Jake's getting some uh, some guests lined up for later on this week for 1420 in the morning. He's going to be joining us on Thursday to record with me and Dave. He'll meet Dave for the first time. I'm not sure how that's all going to go, but it should be a lot of fun no matter what. But uh, anyways, thank you very much for listening uh, to the show today, and we'll, uh, we'll sign you guys out with a little bit more of uh, Jimmy Valentine and save you. Have yourselves a good day, folks, and we will talk to you tomorrow.